0: Every single day and I'm gonna be here weekly with your dose of inspiration, applications, strategies and tips to make changes you love to live with. Hello Sarah! Hello! How are you
1: doing? I am doing good. I' got a cup of coffee and I'm just really excited
0: to be here with you. Oh I love it. So when I started my podcast, it's called Making Changes You Love to Live With, you were one of my first thoughts for a guest. Isn't that insane? That is so sweet of you. Well, Sarah is Addison, well, was now, was Addison's kindergarten teacher. She was amazing, and I learned so many things from you, like, since or from through Addison, from you, and I just loved, especially when I was like being, when we went virtual and all the craziness began, I was learning so much from Addison. I was like, okay, what would Miss Moffat say? What would she do? <laughs> so I just thought, how many things can we learn? from kindergartners for one and then the second thing you do such an amazing job with the words you teach them to use your language and so I wanted to chat with you today about how we can use the words we choose to improve our lives and if you have kids to talk to your kids Um, I don't know how many other teachers we have in the line but if you're a teacher how you can talk to your students too in a better way. So, um, yeah. So please just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, kind of like the highlight reel of what got you to become a kindergarten teacher.
1: Yeah. Well, first off, just thank you again for having me and for your, your kind words. I loved having Addison in the classroom. Um, she was amazing. You guys have done an amazing job as parents
0: oh, um, thanks.
1: working with you so much. So, Um, just thanks for being great. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I, um, this is uh, my, I'm going into my fourth year of teaching and, uh, originally I was not planning on going into kindergarten. Uh, I thought maybe I would work with older kids. Uh, I thought that would be an easier way to, um, connect and have meaningful conversations. And then in my uh, soon teaching year, I got put into a kindergarten class, and I am not joking when I say I was petrified. <sighs> I was so scared of these five and six. Um, you know, not being a parent, I didn't really know what to expect. I think a lot of um, people who either don't have kids or who haven't had kids in a younger kids in a long time always kind of have this preconceived notion in their head that like. You're gonna have to be helping them tie shoes and doing all these little menial tasks, and you're like, when will the teaching start? But I um, went in with an open mind and an open heart, and very quickly, like maybe that's my first day. I realized like what I thought kindergarten kindergarten was and um, who I thought kindergartners were was completely different. They are just so open and loving and receptive in general, as are all kids, but. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I really quickly learned that I would be able to make such meaningful conversations or have meaningful conversations and make meaningful connections with these five and six year olds. Um and yeah. I have and I have loved every minute of it. I've only taught kindergarten um in a professional setting and I don't think I'm gonna move, honestly.
0: Ah, uh, I love it. Yeah, there was I mean, it's incredible when you're saying those things about entering into that space I had those same thoughts when I was becoming a mom I was like what in the world right because we have these experiences but kids can handle so much more like you were saying the conversation the meaningful conversation that we can't can have and the things we can learn from our kids is just incredible to me
1: it is and I I'm gonna dive into my first point yeah please do it goes so seamlessly, but I think a lot of people, myself included, um, before my experience in kindergarten, um, feel like they almost have to um, dumb down. I can't think of a better term mm-hmm. for it, dumb down the way that they speak to younger children or children in general um, in order to get their point across. And that is just so not true. These, these kids, these tiny human beings are so capable of understanding such things. Um, big ideas and uh, large things that are happening in the world. And it does maybe take a little bit more time to put it into a context that they will better understand. But once you get down on their level and talk to them like people, because that's what they are, (laughs) it it creates a better conversation. And I think that also leads to better um, relationships because I think the kids really understand like, Oh, she treats me like an equal. She she doesn't treat me like I don't understand what's going on because kids understand so much more than what we give them
0: credit for. Amen, sister. So one concept I heard out of Addison's mouth that I want you to explain mm-hmm. is the menu. Yes. Um, I feel like that is pretty common in a lot of classrooms,
1: but a menu is just kind of like you're giving kids options just like you would at a restaurant and they're clear. um, They understand what's on the menu. And for that moment, the menu doesn't really change. Uh, However, you know, sometimes there are specials. That pop up, so things can can be flexible as well. So, um, for instance, uh, in my classroom, I might say, "All right, here are some things that you can do um, after your reading," and okay. I give them a couple things, and they can pick from it. But they also have the option of changing. Uh, if they want to. So I use this more at the beginning of the year when things aren't set up. Uh, You could, I'm, I feel like this can be used anywhere really, but whenever your child's done with the main task and you don't want them just to like kind of putz around or get into something that they're not supposed to, um, whatever that may be, it's really (laughs) give them options to choose from. So, you know, it's still something uh, they can do independently or not necessarily with your full assistance, but Um, And they know how to do it. You might have to teach them really quick, which I always do at the beginning of uh, any new rotation of um, like centers or activities. Um, And then can just go and do it and they can change as long as they clean up. But they know it's not just one thing that they have to do afterwards. Um, And it, it also leads into a lot of the get to's and the have to's, which I know you and I have kind of talked about.
0: Yes, and that I also want to ask you about that. But we before we talk about the get-tos and the have-tos, yeah. I think we can so all apply this to our own lives as well. Definitely. I'm so big into language and the words we use, uh, and I just really, I catch myself, I'm more aware now, of the words I use and how that influences the way we think and the way we act. Absolutely. So giving ourselves the opportunity to say, okay, here's my menu of what I can do today that would move the needle um, in my work, in my workouts, in my whatever you're working on at the moment. And now I have the permission. I like that. I haven't heard that. I have the permission to try that, to go ahead and start. And then here's, I can do this other menu item If that serves me better or I'm done quicker or a different time span, I like that too. But just having that mindset of, I can choose right now. And that just does something different, at least for my brain. I think
1: having choice for
0: everyone, kids, adults, teenagers,
1: having that... um, that choice given to you by yourself, by your boss, by whoever, just makes such a, a bigger difference. It gives so much more autonomy. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's just I agree with everything that you're saying, because if you are done with your tasks for the day, you don't just want to sit on your butt for the rest of the day. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you give yourself like a little bit of a menu and like, OK, I'm going to do this, Uh I'll have a cup of coffee and then I'll read my book, but then I'm going to go in and do the laundry, you know, giving yourself, um, giving yourself, uh, some, some tasks to do that are going to help you be productive, but also support you in your mental health as well. And not feeling like you have to stay fixated on one thing.
0: I love that. So I've used this in my work and what I'm trying to do when I'm teaching as well and instructing. But your example right there made me want to use it for self-care so or like something fun. So I, a lot of times we get to the end of something and, you know, we don't have something right away ready to go, but you can look at the menu. Like this is what I enjoy doing. Let me pick something that sounds awesome right now. Oh, I'm totally, I'm totally doing that. Yay! Okay, so tell us more about the have to's and the get to's and all that language around that. Yes. Um,
1: Well, it's just, it's great for kids in general because it gives them um, a clear path. They understand that there are all these like, Fun options that they want to do and that they will eventually get to do, but they have to understand that there are things that need to be accomplished first. There are the things that are the have tos. Um, mm-hmm. So, in a classroom setting, that would be um, you have to do these uh, set of math problems or create the story problem on your own. Once you have done that and accomplished that, and I've seen it, um, and it you did your best, you know, you didn't just yeah. fly through it. Um, afterwards you have, you get a get to, so that might be something, something from a menu. That might be something that you, that they completely choose on their own. Maybe it's reading, maybe it's um, doing math games. Um, and that's great for kids because they under. I feel like it gives them a really good sense of responsibility and understanding basically just, Uh, how a work setting is or how how it might work in college for them. It just, I feel like is setting them up for real world expectations because for adults, yeah, I would love to just get (laughs) on the couch and binge watch Gilmore Girls all day, but I can't do that until I go grocery shopping or until I make the bed. Like in life, there are these have tos that we have to do. Um, and it can be, if you only do the have tos or if you only know what the have tos are, it can Uh be very um, tiring and it can fatigue ourselves. out. So knowing what the get tos are afterwards and knowing that either it's something fun or it's a choice or it's just something that you enjoy makes it easier to do the have tos. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So just curious, do you have any list of get tos either for yourself or for your? Students, or do you just have those change each day, or how does that work?
1: Um, I don't think really; it's not very conscious, but something that I thought on the top of my head is, you know, I I have to cook for myself, and I have to I have to use up the the stuff that's in the fridge, and then once that's all done, I get to order pizza
0: at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love that. So good, <laughs> fun. Um, so. Do you have, I mean, you've kind of, we've both been talking about ways to apply it, even if you don't have kids mm-hmm. or you don't have young kids, like how we can use this on ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. And it's empowering. And it's also gives you that renewed energy, that kind of rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. What, how did you say it? You said like it can get tiring and it's true. And I think in quarantine, oh my goodness, yeah. I've definitely had to learn for myself and for my family, some new ways of doing things to kind of figure that out. Yes.
1: And I would even say like, be careful with your menu, like how many menu items you give yourself or how many um have to's or get to's you know, mm-hmm. like I remember at the beginning I was like I'm going to brew my own kombucha I'm going to learn how to <laughs> do face masks I'm going <laughs> to bake all of the scones you know I'm going to go through my closet and even that like these things that you're like oh I never have an opportunity to, t- opportunity to do this in my normal day non-pandemic life so I'm going to do all of them now when I have all this time that yeah. itself even fatigues you so even just yeah. really taking a moment of okay, I'm going to clean out my closet, but then afterwards, I'm going to read some of this book that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah. aim. you're speaking my language, sister, because I totally do that in every area of my life. I'm always catching myself doing that. Yeah. And one thing that's helped me with that, and it's kind of a smaller ver- or it's a bigger version example of this but I read somewhere, I'm a total goals nerd. So I read somewhere that we we overestimate what we can do in a year, and we greatly underestimate what we can do in three years. So the same thing applies. Like as soon as we went in quarantine, yes. Miss Moffat slash Sarah's over there saying, Okay, here's my list of 35 things that I don't normally get to do. And we, we didn't know we were still going to be going strong here. So if we just have one or a, cu- a few have-tos. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I have used over quarantine that I think I'm going to carry on, hopefully, continue with, is getting the essentials done or getting the have-tos early, done early in the day. Yes. And so my goal for myself, like you can set a time, but you know, try to get the, those have-tos done. And then it just feels so much better, at least for me, to be like, oh, now I'm good.
1: Now Absolutely. I'm good. Absolutely. And, and, like, for myself, I think I differ where I think, like, okay, I'm going to do a have-to and then I'll do a get-to. Like, I have to do my have to throughout the day. So that okay. I feel – because I was doing everything in the morning and I mm-hmm. totally am a morning person. Yeah. Um, But then I was noticing that I myself personally was starting to burn out. So I was like, okay, so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to space it throughout the day. And that's okay as well. So that's something I've learned about myself where I normally probably would have done something more all of all of my have tos in the morning.
0: Yeah, I think I can learn from that too, because I think my natural lean is to push through. And so I think sometimes as that personality type kind of comes through if you feel that way at all. Mm -hmm. um, That when that comes through, we almost have to stop ourselves before we're completely fatigued. So then like what you're saying is do a get to and, you know, so that, Ooh, I like that. Okay, cool. And that's what it is. It's playing with it, being creative and playing with it and seeing, you know, practicing seeing, does this work or not? And, and figuring that out. Okay, so I have two more questions for you. Can you suggest one practice or one step for us to play with this or get started with, you know, some of the concepts we were talking about today?
1: Um, Yes, and I think something that we can all start to do more regularly is to have conscious um, check-ins with ourselves. And to either like turn off the Netflix or put down the phone, because I feel like those are a lot of just like time fillers. Um, So instead of once you're done with something, turning on the TV and grabbing your phone, like this is something so hard that I'm still working on too, because it's just a natural, um, it's just a bad habit that I think we've all developed, especially while we were in quarantine for so long. Right. Instead of like grabbing that phone, kind of doing a really quick, check-in and thinking, okay, what do I need in order to feel relaxed, in order to feel accomplished? Um, Because I know for myself, when I do that, when I turn off all the screens, when I put everything down and I'm not just kind of scrolling Mm -hmm. and I can have that mental um, check-in with myself, I can say, okay, I think I need to go on a walk in order to feel a little bit better. Or I want to go sit outside and read a book so that I can like feel like I had the sun touch my skin today. Yeah. Um, And, and then, or maybe it is like, I just need to set a timer and be on the, on my phone for like 30 minutes and not worry about anything. But I think it's being very intentional and having those conscious check-ins with yourself. And then. Honestly, maybe just having kind of a mental list or a written list of things that do help you unwind and relax so that if you want to have that mental check-in, you can think, all right, let's look at this list or let's think about those things that help me feel relaxed or help me feel at ease. What can I do right now? What could be a quick thing? What could be a little bit longer pampering thing? And just having those on hand so that you don't have to spend all this time like, what do I need? What do I want?
0: Right. Oh, I love that so much. I am definitely going to apply these tips and I want us both and the listener to think of two people, you don't have to say it out loud, but think of two people that you want to reach out to. You want to, you don't have to, you want to reach out to today and just, you know, if you want to share this, this message with them, if you want to share this podcast, do it. If not, just reach out because you never know when you can make someone's day I've been trying to make this practice when someone pops into my head to try to reach out because we don't know how much they might need that little touch. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. It was so fun talking to you.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I loved being up on your show and I just loved talking with you.
0: Thank you. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe. It's completely free. And share this with a friend. You never know when you can just make their day. And last thing is get on our list for our hump day inspiration. And that can be found at livefitnessinspired.com. All of this is free. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you next week.